0: The only podcast you need for your business. Let's do this. Welcome to the Sales versus Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Scott. Join me as we explore and demystify the latest trends, technologies, and strategies used to achieve massive growth and 10x businesses. I'll be sitting down with sales, marketing, and business leaders to dissect what's worked for them, dispel myths, and deliver actionable insights that you can use to ensure repeatable, sustainable, and predictable revenue in your business. Welcome to the Sales vs. Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Scott, and today we're going to be sitting down with Kyle Turk, who is the VP of Marketing at Kino Group. Now, Kyle is an award-winning entrepreneurial market leader with over a decade of experience building brand engagement, driving revenues, and client acquisition through both strategic and creative marketing solutions. Kyle's super impressive. He was a 40 Under 40 recipient in 2018. Uh, he, he received the Marketing Leader of the Year Award from Randstad Canada in 2017, and he uh, was awarded the Best Performance in Marketing Award uh, from the Best Ottawa Business Awards panel in 2016. He is one of the first 20 marketers in Canada to receive their Chartered Marketer Designation from the Canadian Marketing Association in 2017. Uh, he graduated from St. Francis Xavier University With a bachelor's of business administration uh, with a major in marketing in in 2007 and received a marketing strategy certificate from cornell university in 2017 now what is what does his company keynote group do so keynote group is uh is a executive search and recruitment firm um they do things a little bit differently and i'm going to let kyle speak about that but they focus on mid-market businesses and organizations and they help them find uh, fit and achieve peak performance for their new hires. So they find the best and then they make sure that they stay the best and are the best within that organization long-term. So I'm going to let Kyle take it away and speak about his experience, his story, and what Keynote is doing now. Uh, I hope you all enjoy. Have a pen and paper because Kyle is an expert. Take it away, Kyle. Uh, so give us a little bit of a, a background.
1: All right. I'm the VP of Marketing at uh, Keynote Search and keynote group, uh, executive search and recruitment firm. Uh, Before that, I was the director of marketing at Welch LLP, and previous to that, uh, I was the co-founder and director of marketing at Faces Magazine. So you've been doing marketing your your entire career then? Yeah, right out of school. Uh, Majored in it at uh, St. FX, and then just couldn't find a job, so I ended up starting uh, Faces Magazine, and obviously there's a lot of marketing in there. So, so faces.
0: Um, that was the first thing that you did outside of uh, Santa FX at a university.
1: Yeah, I went right into it, uh, and my brother was my business partner. He was a graduate from the Nova Scotia College of Art and Design out in Halifax. Uh, so we we ended up starting it together in Halifax. It was sort of a social scene, nightlife, uh, heavy on you know pictures. It was. Kind of we launched right when uh, faces opened up to the public, uh, sorry when Facebook opened up to the public, so it was kind of a printed Facebook uh, type of strategy, and it kind of played along very well with using using a social media uh, marketing strategy because we were also broke students out of school and had no money, and social media was free and that was the time when Facebook let you reach your entire group audience or whatever it was back in the day without having to to pay a dime, so it, was, it worked out pretty well.
0: So you did. You did what a lot of people, um, I think, are afraid to do, and you jumped right into like an entrepreneurial venture, as opposed to getting a job and and, and sort of learning your craft that way. You you did entrepreneur first, and then you transitioned back into working with somebody.
1: Yeah, I sold out to the corporate world. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, uh, I I grew up. Uh, both my parents are entrepreneurs. Yeah. Uh, they run a, a business called Lawrence Slinger Service in Peterborough, Ontario, where I'm from. And uh, so I kind of always grew up with entrepreneurs, and then they were very supportive uh, for my brother and I to kind of hop in uh, and follow in the entrepreneurship kind of path.
0: And you find, like, that uh, that taught you much quicker than if you were trying to learn, like, through a company? Like, I would assume so, just because I know, like, if you start your own thing, I used to work with a whole bunch of startups, and now, I'm, now I work with a f- company full-time. I was working yeah. with startups, like, the lessons learned, um, in, in startup land, as a founder, as an entrepreneur, are like 10x what you're going to get working for a company. So,
1: Yeah, you, you, I think uh, one of the benefits of doing entrepreneurship right away is you learn sort of the, the facets of an overall business, how it all works. And then if you want to specialize in a field like marketing, you can really see how marketing fits within the entire organization and sort of how it plays a part with, you know, the financials, with uh, all the different uh, parts of the business
0: sales customer success like all exactly, the exactly yeah. yeah um okay cool that's an awesome background um so you've been doing marketing for a bit now you're now you're vp marketing at keynote search group so what does keynote do
1: uh so keynote's an executive search and recruitment firm um so we find executives on behalf of companies uh to work for them um uh, the difference between our firm i think and a lot of the other firms out there is we have uh a heavy focus on uh, the post-placement side. Uh, so we offer executive coaching as part of our uh, process, all-inclusive in the rate uh, as well. And we also have sort of a focus on using technology. Uh, they're incubating kind of a, their own proprietary AI-backed uh, onboarding tool uh, at as well. Um, so they're really focused on using the latest tech and finding sort of the best people to work at uh, the business and combining that uh, as sort of their main differentiator. And well, the one thing
0: that uh, I find interesting about search groups is you have to win clients on both sides. So you have to win the businesses and then you also have to get the candidates. So as VP marketing, um, your your messaging is not Targeted at one customer, you're targeted. You're targeted at two, like very, very different groups of people. So, how do you? What challenges do you see with that? Like, how do you? How do you circumvent that and, and be effective in both arenas?
1: Um, very good question. I think for us, from uh, an outward into the marketplace messaging, we target the businesses. So we're a business to business service. Uh, so we're targeting, you know, the construction companies, real estate companies, tech. Yeah, professional service, all those kinds of industries with uh, with our messaging, you know, hire us to do your searches. Uh, and then once we get those searches, um, our second core message, like you said, is how do we find the right candidates and market to them the opportunity in a way that they want to work for these companies? So we, you know, recruitment is turning into basically it's marketing at its core, right? It's how do you convince somebody to leave what they're doing and consider another opportunity. Uh, so a lot of the messaging is, is branding on behalf of our clients, uh, coming up with the strategies to, you know, convince somebody to want to talk to us to work for the company.
0: And, and when does, or, or who do you try and target? Like, do you speak to people that are in firm, in companies, or do you speak to people that are looking for jobs on like Indeed or LinkedIn? Um, Who's your, who's your go-to target client? Uh,
1: so, so, I mean, we speak, to, we speak to both when we're doing a search, uh, job seekers and sort of the passive job seekers, we call them as people who are open to change but not actively looking. Um, nine times out of ten, it's going to be uh, us by reaching out to somebody. It's not really the applicant uh, that's typically going to be involved throughout the process with us. Uh, But we'll talk to 150 to 250 people per search, depending on the search and the criteria. Um, You know, get interest from those people, narrow it down to maybe 50 type uh, of the best candidates we think, interview them, phone screen them, uh, narrow that down even further, uh, and then present the clients with four or five key people that we think would work and be a good fit with their organization uh, based on all the background we've done. Uh, so personally, I don't do any of the recruiting or the executive search work, mm-hmm. um, but I see our our team and I engage from a marketing standpoint with them at various uh, areas in that process. Everything from the the messaging that we put out there to um, instead of doing sort of those boring job descriptions that they all look the same, we'll put together yeah. sort of a, a package where it's more... Uh, we call them position profiles, but it's everything about the company It's uh, you know, what will success look like, you know, what challenges will you face, but packaging it in more of a, a booklet, like a branded booklet where, uh, you know, people can really get a feel for the company that they're going to be working for, mm-hmm. uh, and sort of create that engagement early on, as opposed to trying to create it later in the process.
0: So you're mentioning, um, and I'm just taking notes, so uh, don't mind me if I'm just writing down because I just want to go back to some things and this is the only way I'm ever going to remember. Uh, so you mentioned a couple of things that are very cool. You mentioned like you have some some tech tools, some AI that's really just crunching numbers and optimizing, I guess, on the candidate side, like which candidates are best for whichever particular job. So obviously you're not wasting your time. But you also mentioned something that's more of um, like a human a human touch, which you, you said post Placement, uh, coaching, yeah. or so what is that? I guess what is that, and why is that important for a candidate? Because you're doing it, you're spending time and effort. Uh, so, what's the, yeah. the value at?
1: So, at Keynote, uh, you know, well, let's take the overall sort of executive search recruitment industry. Typically, it's more transaction driven. It's here's a person, here's an opening, there you go, and that's the end, right? Yeah. So at Keynote, uh, we put a 12 month guarantee behind anybody that we place. So with that, you know, we want to make sure we're putting the right person in there. We want to make sure we're giving that person the right tools and make sure that they're set up for success. Um, That way the client's happier with us. The candidate is more successful. Uh, And then by adding that uh, executive coaching piece in there to help the candidate uh, perform in their new role and, you know, how to work with their manager, that kind of thing. Uh, what that does, it, it kind of ramps them up for success quicker uh, so they're able to provide more value to the company we just placed them in uh, in a shorter amount of time um, and keeps them on track. So it's it's helping the company by delivering better performance out of the people we're placing. And it's also helping the candidate by becoming a better performer at their new company.
0: And uh, you know, you did mention that you don't actually do the recruiting. So if I, I'm going to ask you this question, if, if you don't want, yeah. <laughs> it's cool. But um, <laughs> what, what are some of those things that uh, a candidate or that you help a candidate with when they're moving into their new role as part of that post placement process that you see really help them?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I can speak to this because, um, at keynote, they, you know, our CEO, James Baker and his wife, Donna, our managing partner, they like to practice what they preach. So they actually, each employee that they hire at keynote goes through that executive coaching process, um, to better help them so that we're performing better, but also for us to, uh, you know, grow. And part of that process is, um, you know, the learning a uh, profile of who you are, your characteristics, where your strengths and weaknesses lie, uh, as well as um, where the profiles and strengths and weaknesses of our managers are. Um, so for for them, how do we approach them to engage them best in, in our conversation? Um, it's about uh, it's about basic self-awareness. It's about. Um, awareness of the people around you and how they like to work. Um, so, the, you know, the golden rule, treat others like you'd like to be treated. Mm-hmm. Um, but through the coaching, obviously, it's, it's the platinum rule that, you know, most people go by is treat others the way they want to be treated. So it's about learning about all the other executives in the in keynote and how they would like to be treated, how they would like to be uh, spoken with uh, to to sort of improve our engagement and our collaboration.
0: Do you, um, I'm going to ask this question and I think I know the answer because I've worked in a, a variety of organizations myself, but is that something that you've seen with other companies or is this like something that's really refreshing that you've seen with Keynote, this, this attitude?
1: Uh, yeah, I think, uh, most companies have, you know, a professional development type, uh, like a, a type of program and system yeah. where they want you to grow. Uh, but I think Keynote takes that extra mile by, you know, really, you know, they put a lot of value in us as employees and they, you know, it really showcased that they're investing in their future as a company by investing in their people. So I think they, they take it an extra notch. I think it's very unique um, for a company. I think
0: it's, uh, I think it's strong that they focus so much on, on being self-aware and also like really understanding um, not just the professional drivers, but the emotional drivers of people that you work with. I think that's something that's really nice. And I didn't uh you know, I don't know a ton of companies that do that or care or care about that. So that's it's refreshing to hear that. Um okay, so let's so that's really good. So that's like a, a nice little summary of, of what you're doing for clients with keynote. Let's take it back to your specialties, so marketing. So
1: yeah.
0: um what is what is your overall strategy? Uh it could be that you've seen work in your space. So you're in the executive uh, recruitment space, um, but, you know, there's so many different facets to marketing. Uh, You you have SEO, you have SEM, you have social, you have uh, mail campaigns, uh, you have um, uh, pushing stuff out as like a a thought leader, a subject matter expert, uh, social selling. Um, There's like a million different ways that you can market yourself. So is there something... um, that you've, this, a strategy that you've implemented with Keynote that seems to work well, and is it specific to Keynote, or is it something that you would recommend for people that, you know, doesn't matter which industry, uh, this is what I've seen work in, in my past, because you've, you've gone through several marketing positions, so.
1: Yeah, so I guess my, my last two roles, so including Keynote uh, and then at Welch LLP, uh, it's a professional service, uh, that provided to from a business to another business standpoint. Uh, so from that standpoint, uh, what I found to be very successful is using a content marketing strategy, uh, where you know we'll produce thought leadership pieces, uh, even if it's content about our company, uh, being in the community. Um, I find the content marketing strategy uh, cr- creating webinars, how-to guides, blogs, videos. Just anything to really engage an audience and pull them in to want to work and learn more about us and learn more from an education standpoint, uh, as opposed to pushing out advertising saying, hire us, we're really good at executive search uh, kind of thing. So I think it's more that pulling in the, the audience and the key decision makers that we're targeting, uh, as opposed to pushing out our messaging.
0: Do you find that? Um, and I agree with you. I think that is the way that you have to differentiate yourself, just in terms of general marketing strategy. Because I find that too many people are just pushing stuff out, but the the truly successful yeah. ones are those thought leaders, right? And the conversations, for example, that I don't know how your Salesforce works, and maybe you can shed a little light on that and how they work in terms of uh, like your inbound lead, uh, your lead funnel. Yeah. But uh, I think that if you push out content that positions you as a thought leader as a subject matter expert uh, at the very least it's going to make the conversations when your sales force engages with your target customer much easier uh much easier to convert Uh, all these things are just easier right as opposed to um you know you you push content out there and now your sales force is bombarding people and cold calling them which is something that you do have to do anyways but i think that if you if you like you said, your content marketing strategy, it makes everything a little bit warmer than, uh, than yeah.
1: Yeah, we, uh, I mean, we actually don't do any cold calling. Uh, what we do, we'll engage with our leads that are, would be warm leads because they've already engaged with our brand. Mm-hmm. But being in that professional services market, a lot of the new business we'll get is referral-based. It's word of mouth. Uh, so what we kind of focus on, uh, and that's why the content marketing strategy works so well is, when somebody recommends us to another potential client, the first thing that client's going to do is they're going to Google us or they're going to go to our website. Right? Yeah. So we want to make sure that as soon as that happens, we're supporting um, that interest by ensuring we're you know, we're seen as experts, they can see, build trust with our brand right away. Um, So it's a lot of supporting that sort of word of mouth. Um, And then because the sales cycle is basically, It could be years, it could be weeks, it could be months. Um, Because it's a service, it comes up when the need arises. So when the need for a new executive arises, that's when we want to make sure we're top of mind. So if they've been engaging with our brand by tuning into our webinars, attending our events, even uh, hearing our speakers in the community, um, then they know when they need to hire, they're thinking keynote right away. And that's sort of where our marketing strategy wants to the end goal is to position us as the top of mind um, firm to use for executive search. Do you find that
0: other firms in your industry are doing what you're doing or is it, uh, they have a more like a legacy approach to marketing?
1: Uh, I think a a lot of the firms are doing similar stuff, but it's, I think it's how you execute. Um, What a lot of people do is they'll read best practice guides, right? And they'll say, I've got to do facebook ads i've got to do a webinar i've got to do a how-to guide but the doing it properly means you know you've looked at your customer base you've looked at your audience who you want to target you understand the journeys they take both online uh, going to events um so it's true you know the different personas of those key decision makers and how they fit um, the industries and how you can engage with. Because the CEO of an engineering company is completely different from, a CEO, let's say, a managing partner at an accounting firm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got to look at, you know, how to reach each of them. And the content you put out has to be niche enough or personalized enough that it's, it's speaking directly to one of your key client personas. So without all that background work of truly understanding how they engage, what they're doing... Um, If you're just putting out a a guide because you know you best practice because that's what you need to do and you're putting out how to do executive search or something guide, it's not going to be effective. Um, So I think creating those niche uh, pieces and speaking to a core group of your audience and then using, you know, tools like LinkedIn ads where you can really get granular in your targeting and use that guide to simply target, you know, the one Target that you made it for, right? Yeah. So um, yeah. I think it's really breaking out each of those people and, and doing it properly.
0: So that's also a really good point. Um, how do you how do you properly define who those buyer personas are? How do you collect enough data to be sure that that's that's what that person uh, or how they interact with uh, with your brand?
1: Yeah. So marketing automation software, so something like HubSpot, Marketo, Pardot, ActOn, all these. Um, Are great softwares from a marketing standpoint that allow you to uh, collect data on your potential customers, on your customers, how they engage with your brand. Um, So you can track uh, somebody along, you know, what pages they went to, what type of news items do they like to see? Um, Because it's uh, referral driven, it's, um, you know, what people are you know what testimonials do they look at? Do they want to see uh, what work we've done? Do they even care about our industry pages? You can, you know, what events are they going to? By pooling all that together, you know, you're never going to know exactly because every person's quite different, but you can get enough data um, to truly understand what makes them take action. Something at least enough like- to,
0: to to create a persona for them. That's so, yeah,
1: exactly, yeah. and and then. Once you have that persona, something like LinkedIn ads, um, I don't even look at LinkedIn ads from an ROI perspective um, at the start. So when I start with LinkedIn ads, I want to see what, ki- what kind of messaging works best, what words use create more you know clicks or engagement, what imagery works best. So when I create, so if I want to better understand the CEO of a construction company, and what what messaging or imaging they like, I'll I'll make you know a dozen different LinkedIn ads all under that one campaign and see which ones get more engagement. You'll always see one or two types of those ads of the twelve perform outperform the rest by far. So I'll use that knowledge of the imagery and the messaging, and then I'll use that in all of our other marketing strategies. Uh, Toward how to engage that persona.
0: So you can you um, actually like reverse engineer because um, a lot of people will A/B test ads. That's that's pretty yeah. standard. But you reverse engineering that process into literally everything you do now, and that's that, that's where you take your key insights from, and that's where you can sort of yeah. So yeah.
1: I exactly yeah. So then I'll know what resonates best with that. So when we do a direct mail campaign or when we do our email marketing, I know exactly the language and imagery to use to to optimize. Uh, how, how good that's going to perform with that specific audience.
0: That's very good. Um, and you mentioned a couple of t- technologies. So for people listening, what is your uh, your MarTech stack, your marketing tech uh, technology stack look like? What do you like to use?
1: Uh, so we use ActOn uh, for our marketing automation software. Um, it's very similar to a HubSpot uh, type, type of platform where you can do all your email marketing, create all your landing pages. Um, it integrates into our CRM, which we use, uh, which is Salesforce. Um, so we use Acton, Salesforce, um, I use Trello for a project management uh, standpoint. Matt, uh, basically, I'll uh, well, go to webinar for our webinars. Mm-hmm. Uh, those. Just trying to think, like we don't use a ton of tech. Um, we don't use
0: Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed.
1: The social media stuff. I, I prefer to post uh, natively on each platform um, with different messaging, with um, you know, tagging properly. Yeah. Uh, I find it works best to just go on the social platform as opposed to scheduling something uh, through HootSuite, for example. And then nothing is HootSuite, but they blast that message out across the platform. It's very convenient, but I find to be more effective doing no. these social platforms separately really works best. Uh,
0: yeah. I was going to say, um, one thing I've noticed when you use those scheduling uh, software is that when you try and first of all, you can never tag properly, but if you try and upload uh, some assets, like sometimes the formatting or whatnot, isn't hundred percent on point as it would be if you upload it natively. So, uh, yeah. I think that, I think that just, if you're trying to have like the best possible experience for the customer, I, yeah, I I agree with you there. I think that's so your your tech stack is actually relatively light, to be honest. Yeah, it yeah. is
1: quite light. Yeah,
0: yeah, which is which is no. That's uh, as long as you have the basics, and I've actually never personally used Acton, uh, but um, that that does most everything, I guess. From
1: uh, yeah, it does everything you need. Yeah, um, it doesn't have like Pardot, how the Spot Marketo would have lightly. Um, different uh, and probably a bit more robust sort of mapping out the personas and nurturing and and constant contact and that kind of thing. Um, But for us uh, at Keynote, Personally, I don't do any automated follow-up email marketing campaigns or touch points uh, with our uh, clients in our database because I, my personal preference is to only contact somebody when there's something relevant to them, I don't want to force something that I think, oh, this is the path that they're going to want to take. Um, although it's been proven and studies show that it's, uh, you know, it's effective at conversion. I find only if there's something really important do I want to make sure I push that out. Um, so I don't use any drip campaigns, no nurturing that kind of thing. I keep it all very. Uh, I just don't like. I don't want to bother people. I don't want to overwhelm people. Don't want that in this day I find do
0: you find that um, because you mentioned a lot of your strategy depends on, on word of mouth and referrals and do you find that by differentiating yourself in terms of how you don't do some of the drip campaigns which everybody or a lot of companies do yeah. do do you find that that um, sort of elevates your brand somewhat and, and when people look at you they don't look at you as an annoying oh I've seen you in my inbox uh, so I don't mind working with you
1: do you uh I mean, it's hard to say, yeah. right? I, mean, it's, I think what we're doing is removing any possible negative connotations with our brand mm-hmm. um, with our key sort of lead. Uh, I'd say that's more or less what we're trying to aim at. No, that's I dumb. don't think it makes anybody work with us more because we're not annoying them, but... <laughs>
0: It's, yeah. Well, it's hard. It's hard to it's hard to gauge um, if it's a referral why yeah. that person chose to refer you outside of just being an incredible brand and delivering an incredible service. And if there's other if there's other uh, mitigating factors, it's impossible to truly drill yeah, down into that. Yeah, I mean the,
1: ref- the referrals are a, a product of our, our staff that actually do the work, mm-hmm. uh, not myself. But yeah. it's them doing a good job in making sure they're taking really good care of their clients, put, placing really good people for our clients. So, when a client's happy with somebody they've got, because it's super hard to find people right now, um, especially in Ottawa, I think the unemployment rate's 4.4% or so. Yeah. So, it's uh, you're basically you have to, to grab from somebody else's company or you have to go out of town and look. Um, so, if we're able to kind of help that person find somebody they need, that's very valuable to a company. So, they will always brag about us, they will talk about how great of a job we've done. And then that's where the referrals come in. Yeah. And then we need to make sure we're supporting that by, if somebody looks at us, they're not saying, oh, this company looks terrible, I don't know, kind of thing, right? Yeah, we yeah. want to support that great referral, word of mouth, with a great online experience. Yeah. Uh, and then also, we do events as well to make sure that we're also engaging, you know, in person, not just online as well.
0: Yeah, because I, I, unemployment's at an all-time low, not just in Ottawa. I think, like, in North America. I think uh, even in the states, it's at an all-time low as well. So you you see that for for talent, it's there's definitely a, a war out there. Um, yeah. Just i just I'm I, I'm not involved in, in the staffing and recruiting industry, but I just I see articles about it, so I know if there's people that are writing about it. Um, it's obviously a, a thing. Enough of yeah. a thing that because uh, I think that in the past how many years, I'm sure you would probably know stats, but it's probably at an all-time low for for a significant amount of time.
1: It is yeah i mean it's it's a good time for to be in executive search because yeah. it's so hard for those companies to find people <laughs> there's not very many people who aren't currently working <laughs>
0: good yeah no that's, uh, that's really uh, it's interesting um okay so just just again back to back to marketing in particular um what are some of the worst practices that you see in your industry uh that you really wish would not be a th- <laughs> not be a thing
1: yeah Uh, the worst practice I think is I call it social selling if you want, or selling on social media, anybody that comes with a sales pitch on social media, you know, they connect with you on LinkedIn, you know, you're like, Oh, they, you know, they look like, you know, we're in the same city, you know, we're in similar industries, that kind of thing. So, you know, I'll, I'll accept people I don't know. Um, but I hate when, or the worst practice when somebody as soon as they see I've accepted, they send me this huge long sales pitch and I never look at them. And then you'll see there's some of them where you'll open it up and they've messaged me like six, seven times without a response of these generic sales pitches that yeah. they, they clearly got scripted and just copy and paste for everybody. And I think that's just a, I can't see it working. First of all, I think it's a waste of your time and your resources to try to go about it that way. Um, I think there's better ways to engage people as opposed to these generic LinkedIn copy and paste messages. Once you've connected with somebody, I I think
0: that it's it's really watered down LinkedIn, unfortunately, because LinkedIn can be such a great platform. And like for example, yeah. like uh, you know you use it to to find your your target audience, but. I get a ton of those too and it's it's the most <laughs> it's the most annoying yeah. thing and i don't think i've ever like to be honest um if i've ever bought anything it definitely has not come from a linkedin <laughs> outreach message
1: yeah the, i mean the inbox like the in-mail messages on linkedin like yeah, i can't i can't see anybody ever buying anything off that or being like, oh i do need help with my seo let me You know. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's just I don't see it working that way. And then on the opposite side of that is companies are themselves with their corporate branding, sometimes they're just as bad and they're posting, uh, you know, if they're an executive search company, they're posting, we do executive search, hire us, we're the best. And they put that out there. Like, that's never gonna work either. People go on social media to be entertained, to be educated, Mm -hmm. um, or to read something interesting they don't want to be sold to. So even when the People are, I'll see promoted posts kind of thing. And it's always, if it's complete salesy and it's basically like an advertisement in your face, it's, it, it'll never work in my opinion.
0: Do you, um, what do you, I, the one thing that I, I've seen a lot with executive search firms, they put out these salary guides all the time as, yeah. uh, is that something that you think works? Do you endorse it or is it something that just seems like everybody does it now? So it's no longer effective.
1: So a lot of executive search firms um, predominantly uh, are database-driven. Some of them are very database-driven. They have these huge databases of people so that when they get a search, they, they can just filter through their database and go, here's a good person for you, right? So what they're doing there, these salary guides, is they're trying to collect leads on the candidate side um, as part of it. Um, the other part would be, you know, if I'm an employer, I might want to know what I have to pay somebody, right? So they are collecting, I think some of those leads are are probably useful for them. Um, for us, um, what you'll see, like we don't use a database, so every search we get, we start from scratch. And part of the strategy behind that is every role and every company is so specific, right? You can't just filter a database and throw people that's a VP of marketing somewhere and say, here's a VP of marketing we have, right? Yeah. It's it's looking for the characteristics. It's matching the profiles. It's the type of experience they have. So that's why we do everything from a, a proactive standpoint in, in going to search for each of our separate searches because it's um, databasing, I don't think, is, is the solution in the executive search. Uh, and a lot of companies still use that as their predominant way of finding people.
0: Do you, um, do you have any suggestions for people that are listening that are, are looking for a, a new career or to make a move? What, and they want to say they want to work with an executive search firm or a search firm, It doesn't always have to be executive level. Um, what things yeah. should they be looking out for in terms of who they should want to work with outside of just you know, looking for a keynote? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I think you know, fit is always the biggest thing, right? people, you got to fit with the organization's culture. Um, and a lot of companies will promote their culture as one thing, and truly it's not, it's something else. So it's, if you're a candidate, really, you know, if you're going in there for an interview, can you think it is a good fit, it's, it's is the vibe you're getting from that interview, is it the office that you've gone into, is it the vibe that they're putting out there on, you know, on their employer branding type uh, marketing stuff? Um, so I think it's, because if it's not, then that person isn't going to last. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's if it's not what they were looking for, once they actually truly start, um, I think yeah, candidates just looking at you know the company as a whole is the leadership team that you're going to be working with. Somebody that you know you know you'll be able to work with and get along with. Well, uh, if you're going to butt heads the entire time, you know that's not going to be a long lasting you know employee. Yeah, uh, so I think just. Making sure you know it is the right fit. The people you've connected with, the people they're engaging, uh, the relationship is easy to build. Uh, it's just, it just frictionless. People. It's just yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, okay, so just to because we got that was that was an incredible session, and you gave a, a ton of uh, a ton of info insights. So I appreciate it. Um, now, just to just to wrap up, uh, a couple questions I'd like to ask at the end. Um For yeah. yourself, if you were going to tell your twenty year old self one thing uh what would it be
1: <laughs> uh, just keep going enjoy so i mean when you 're twenty, you enjoy your life and you set yourself up um you know and don't be afraid to take risks uh i wouldn 't tell my twenty year old self to you know try harder in school or you know make sure you 're getting better marks or make these Connections before you leave university kind of thing. I'd say just enjoy life. If you're in university, enjoy it, make the most of it. I think the life experiences are what's gonna help you down the road. Um, so as long as you just, you know, have fun, I'd say keep yeah. having fun, 20 year old Kyle. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's good, man, that's good. Yeah. Um, and uh, when you, you know,
0: obviously you're you a senior, uh, you've learned a lot over your career. Where would you suggest people go if they want to learn? It could be podcasts, it could be books, it could be mentors, people that you follow either personally or people that uh, anyone would know. Um, where would you suggest people go?
1: Um, I think definitely the mentor route. Uh, I think you would, you would learn a lot more quicker uh, to advance uh, your career. You get better guidance in terms of you have, you have basically a sounding board is what a mentor can be for you. And it, it, they can really point you in the right direction. Uh, I think that would be definitely a key way to to learn. And also, there's so many free resources online. Uh, so if you're in marketing, you know you can take Google's AdWords certificate, Google Analytics certificate. You can take a social media marketing certificates, inbound marketing certificates. They're all available for free, and it's great. It's a great way to to learn your field. Um, and be that with some of those things that do have tangible certificates to them, you can also add that to your resume. Um, and it just, it helps you become more well-rounded quicker. Uh, so I'd say mix between the mentor and basically just free online courses. Cool. Um, and is there anything
0: that I, I didn't, uh, I didn't hit that you wanted to speak about or do we get,
1: no, no, I I think it was good. Awesome. Cool. uh, So where do, where do
0: people, if they want to reach out to yourself or keynote, where can they find you?
1: Uh, so if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on LinkedIn, Kyle Turk, uh, VP Marketing at Keynote Group. Um, and if people want to uh, get in touch with Keynote, uh, you can visit our website, keynotesearch.com.
0: All right. And next time I'm in Ottawa, we'll uh, we'll grab a we'll grab a beer or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Hit me up.
0: All right. Cheers, buddy. We'll talk soon. Bye now.
1: Cheers.
0: Well, you heard it from the man himself, Kyle Turk, VP of Marketing at Keynote Group. If you want to hit up Kyle, hit him up on LinkedIn. Uh, He's a he's obviously a very knowledgeable guy, a great resource to to learn from, and I hope everybody got something from this. Thank you so much, Kyle, for sitting down. Uh, I learned a lot, and it was it was a great session. Um, So this has been another sales versus marketing podcast. You can download this podcast wherever podcasts are found, uh, or you can go find it on YouTube as well. If you haven't already, hit like, hit subscribe, share this podcast with your friends, family, uh, family, coworkers, colleagues, peers, whoever you think can benefit. Uh, if, uh, if you haven't left a rating, please leave any rating as long as it's a five-star rating. And if you do have somebody who you think should be on this podcast, please reach out to me. Uh, you can hit me up on LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash in slash S Douglas Clary, or you can email me S Douglas Clary at gmail.com. I love meeting new people, love interviewing new, uh, business leaders, sales leaders, marketing leaders, anybody who you think should be on this show, uh, reach out to me and I'll, uh, I'll bring them on. So that's been another sales versus marketing podcast. I hope everybody has an incredible week, has a very productive week, and we will talk again soon. Bye now. Welcome to Scott's Thoughts, where I break down some of the topics that we just discussed in the last sales versus marketing podcast. Uh, so we just spoke with Kyle Turk, who was an incredible, an incredible interview. Uh, Kyle was the VP of Marketing at Keynote uh, Search Group. And uh, the lessons learned, obviously, he's, he's a very senior marketing leader, and I hope that uh, everybody got a lot out of it. But there's two points that I really want to double down on. Uh, so the first point is uh, something that they do for their customers, something that Keynote does for their customers, which is a, a differentiator for their firm, but also something that Keynote does uh, internally. And what I'm speaking about is their post-placement process. Uh, I use the term post-placement because that's how they use it with their clientele, but it's also something that they do internal with their own employees. So their post-placement process is a leadership lesson. What they focus on after they bring somebody, uh, after they after they place somebody within an organization is they focus on up to one year after they've been placed, they focus on uh, executive coaching uh uh, helping them find a cultural fit within the organization all sorts of support to help them onboard and 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 ramp up to productivity much quicker uh, and they also focus on uh, self awareness and 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 stakeholder and building out these stakeholder relationships within the organization so outside of just the constant support that they offer and provide for clients that they place within organizations they also offer this this massive focus on on building out relationships and not only abiding by the golden rule treat others how you would want to be treated abiding by the platinum rule treat others how they would want to be treated and how do you effectively do this in the context of a business environment well you have to know the people you have to build relationships with them you have to facilitate that process of understanding the stakeholders that you will be dealing with on a day-to-day and building out these meaningful relationships because not only will that allow you to work with them more effectively, and be self-aware of how you interact with other stakeholders within your organization. This is again something they do for their clients. It also, it also allows you to onboard much quicker, understand and adapt to the culture much quicker. And these are all things and markers and milestones that Keynote Search Group has identified as, uh, as things that if achieved and, and acted on and implemented properly, uh, obviously increase the likelihood and chances of success of, a, of an executive success within an organization. Um, so this is what they offer for their clients, but this is also something that Kyle went through himself when being uh, brought into uh, Keynote Search Group. So the two founders of Keynote Search Group placed a, an extreme emphasis on on this, this nurturing into an organization. So uh, building out relationships with other stakeholders, being self-aware of who you are and how you interact with others, and then a focus on just, bringing you up to speed, onboarding you, supporting you, training you, educating you, coaching you, mentoring you. So this whole process, uh, they do it for other companies because not every company does it effectively, but they also do it for themselves. And obviously, it's shown by attracting incredible talent um, that they and they continue to excel in their industry and differentiate. And I think one of the big reasons is their attention to attention to their people, uh, detail detailed attention to their people and uh, obviously they've seen it work internally and they've seen it work with companies where they've placed people so if there's a leadership lesson you can take away agnostic of the uh, executive search and recruitment industry uh this onboarding process this attention to bring people up to speed to integrating with culture and just so many touch points open communication that's so key for somebody's success if you just throw them into the fold if you have a sink or swim mentality uh unfortunately there's a really good chance they're going to sink so by Handholding, not in a micromanaging uh, way, but in a in a true care, in in an authentic, um, in an authentic uh, caring for their success within your organization. uh, I think that you will see you'll see long term success with candidates you bring in, uh, and I think that you will help them integrate into your culture and make them more effective, and make make the entire work group uh, or business unit uh, much more integrated and efficient. And all this stems down to building relationships between people and understanding other people and being self-aware of how you interact with other people. So that, these are all great leadership lessons and you can have a whole discussion just on those. The other point that Kyle spoke about that I really liked was his focus on content marketing. So he adopts a content marketing strategy and I'm gonna preface this by saying that this is something that we learn about a lot now. We've spoken to a couple of different marketing leaders and the and the the same type of strategy is implemented, industry agnostic. You start to see uh you start to see a, a theme come up, and when you start to see these themes come up through different marketing leaders, it's something that you should probably take note of and think about incorporating into your own business if you haven't already done it. So what what Kyle preaches for his content marketing strategy is to put out content that positions you as a thought leader, as a subject matter expert in the space, you are, you're, you're creating these educational content that allows people to understand understand your expertise in an industry. They're consuming your brand uh, online or wherever it may be, at an event, at a trade show, on social media, and all the content that you're putting out there, it's not pushing your own brand, pushing your own company. You're educating. You're acting as an advisor. You're acting as a consultant and you're building a level of rapport with clients that are consuming you online uh, or without a a, a direct touch point. It could be at a show where you're doing a presentation or uh, you're a a keynote speaker or a panelist. It doesn't really matter. Um, You're putting things out there that help people uh, understand that you know what you're talking about. And you do that by giving them educational content that can help them through their pain points. And you know what those pain points are because you're the industry expert. Um, so for executive search, uh, you're probably putting content out there that helps people understand the best practices for hiring and onboarding and uh, success uh, or or finding the right candidates. All these things that companies struggle with, uh, Keynote is is creating as part of their content marketing strategy, and that's how they put themselves out into the market. And by creating this this thought leader, subject matter expert content and pushing it out into the market, uh, what Keynote is doing is they're allowing themselves to build trust with their potential clientele before they even engage with them. Because as we know, in today's day and age, people consume and, and are, the customers are significantly farther down the buyer journey. So they've already consumed 50 to 60 to 70% of the information they need to make a buying decision before they even speak to your sales reps or your sales force. So you want to make sure that the, the content that they do consume is are things that obviously build that level of trust because at the end of the day, that level of trust is what we have to build with our clients for them to effectively buy from us because if we don't build trust, they will never buy from us. It doesn't matter our price. It doesn't matter how good our product is. If we don't build trust with them, uh, they will never buy from us. And Customers always buy from people they trust. They may validate that buying decision through pricing or through features, benefits, functions, integrations, uh, other things. Uh, sort of tangible, logical buying motivators, but at the core of that is always trust. So to build that in a digital environment is to is to build out uh, a, and position yourself as a as a thought leader, a subject matter expert. And then once you do that effectively, everything else gets easier because now when they actually speak with your sales force, uh, now the conversations flow a little bit easier. Everything converts better, um, and the leads are no longer cold; they're they're warmer because they've consumed all this incredible information online that your company is associated with. So those are the two points that Kyle spoke about that I really, really, I really liked and I really wanted to double down on. Um, there's There was a ton. Kyle was a great interview. Uh, but if there's two things you can take away, I think those would be it. Um, but anyways, this has been another, another uh, Scott's Thoughts. I really hope you enjoyed that podcast and that interview. As always, have a great week, have a productive week, and we'll talk again soon. Bye now.
1: Thanks for listening to the Sales vs. Marketing Podcast, brought to you by ROI Overload, delivering strategy, technology and insights to both sales and marketing leaders and teams globally.